Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So today on the podcast, we have the amazing Brooke Burke, who's a very dear and incredible friend of mine who, um, you know, she's a fitness model, fitness instructor, breathwork teacher. She won Dancing with the Stars season seven. Uh, she was on, uh, had her own TV show on E! Wild on E! with Brooke. I mean, she's a spokesperson. She's a sketchers spokesperson. She's amazing. And um, she's a very good friend of mine. And I'm so excited to have her on the show selfishly because I just miss her. I miss talking to her and seeing her and laughing and she's just got such great, incredible energy. So um, I'm really excited to have Brooke Burke on today. Here we go. Here we are, Feldy and JP live. Yes, Brooke Burke, ladies and gentlemen. She's still connecting to the audio. Hi, Brooke Burke. Hi, hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, are you, are you in LA? I'm in Malibu. We're lucky enough that we could be outside. And I kind of like dinner parties and being at home, and I'm happy not to leave my house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I hear you. Do you go to yeah. Soho House? Yeah, we got a yeah. lot of good stuff going on over here. I'd say, I'd say of all the stuff I miss, I'd probably say Soho House is top five. My wife and I go there probably four times a week at eight in the morning and just eat breakfast and just drink coffee and watch the dolphins. Yeah. For those it of you who listening who don't know what Soho House <laughs> is, it's this, it's this nice elitist club where you have to pay a fee to be a part of. And, uh, if they even, even if they even let you in, you might if, pay them. If they even let you in. Where I used to go it's, to the one in Hollywood with Matthew Perry all the time. And, he, you know, the Beverly Hills Hotel, they have their own little club too, right? That is, yeah, yeah, but somebody yeah. has to die for you to get into the Beverly Hills Hotel <laughs> Club. And Matthew Perry, like every time we would go there for breakfast, he'd be like, did anyone die yet? Did anyone die? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, ama- it's amazing that like, I, you know, it was one step at a time working up to, you know, from, from me, it was selling shoes to Soho House. So, I mean, for me, yeah. I'm like, I've arrived and, and, and like, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel honored. I mean, I'd have like, I had to have five letters. It took six months for them to approve my thing. It was crazy, yeah. John Paul. Yeah. Like Listen, Brooke, Brooke has been gorgeous since she was a teenager. She's been able to go wherever <laughs> she wanted to go her whole Not fucking true. life. Her whole Not true. life. Well, Listen, There's I'm, never I'm been a place she can't shoes. get into. I'm still selling shoes, so maybe that makes you feel better. And, I, and now <laughs> and I'm teaching breath work like you. <laughs> you guys both sold shoes, right? That's hilarious. <laughs> What I'm super excited about, which you'll appreciate, um, JP, is, you know, I, I always dream of having a teepee and it's kind of like this weird little hippie like vision of mine. And now I have this 
spiritual sanctuary, like a real, real teepee, like a Native American teepee in my backyard. And, you know, the dream was to be able to get in there and do these really cool, like ceremonies and full moon ceremonies and teach my breath work and um, a little bit more hippy dippy than, than you are, JP. But ever since, you know, Corona living and everything that's going on, it's like you can't even get into a small confined space like that. Well, you know, I, you know. I, I see you on social media and I saw the TP and I see these amazing meals you make in, in the workouts. And I'm like, goddamn, Brooke Burke is living her best life. Like, I see, you look like you're doing, you're thriving in quarantine. And I'm just Whoa. getting fatter and fatter and eating no. worse. Just like, I mean, look, here we are. We were expected to swiftly adjust to something that happened overnight. And, you know, I have tremendous compassion and it's a tough time, but there's also beautiful moments you know my my 18 year old she's the senior of the year 2020 like that is unimaginable like no prom no graduation social freedom like remove like we're getting ready to go to a drive-in graduation ceremony out of la county because we have to drive an hour away to riverside get this where they've created this drive-in concept where no families are gonna get out of their car like are you kidding me? Mm. I mean, there are so many bizarre moments. You know, I, I set this up with that because having the time back with a senior, you know, an 18 year old child and watching her hang with her siblings and having mandatory family dinners, you know, just doing simple things like simple free things in life. I have four children and I couldn't beg my children for that kind of time. So I'm sort of basking in a lot of those those blessings and you know i have good days and bad days like anybody else it's it's a very strange very sad time but i i think there are beautiful moments and i like this pace i'm not gonna lie there are a lot of things that i would like to hold on to once this passes it's sort of like i mean i made a bad joke about it the other day i'm writing a blog it's sort of like an ex-lover it's like i love you i hate you you know dear corona i love you and i hate you but you know, there's yeah. there's there's a lot of really important conscious shifts. You know, that's what I think. You know, we talk a lot on my podcast about the reality that relationships have deepened. Some relationships have gotten worse re really fast, but conversations have deepened. Whether you're in a loving relationship or relationships with people in your family, friends, like people are slowing down enough to really listen and to dig a little deeper. I think that's a good thing. I, I, I'm usually on the go. Like I, this is the longest stretch I've been home in a really long time. And, you know, I thought at first, I thought me and my wife were going to kill each other. Like we, we always say we need, we like the time apart. Like when I'm out of town, we miss each other. We love each other. And like, I miss her. And then I can't wait to get home and get back and be with her. So the time apart really does us well. But this was a long stretch that we've been in. Then I've been home and, and I actually, it's been really good. Like we've, our intimacy, like the conversations have gone deeper. We've had definitely yeah. had moments for sure. Um, and I've had moments with my kids, but I don't, you know, like you were saying, I don't know when I'm ever going to, my kids are never going to be four and seven years old again. And I got this time with them that I'm home for this stretch and it's yeah. really beautiful. And it's been amazing. And Feldy and I were just talking right before you came on that he was just, you know, surfing with his son. My son was just like, he was like, I'm never going to surf again. He's pushing back on a lot of stuff, but he's become a great ping pong player. I've got this ping pong table behind <laughs> me. And my I wife's really that. good too. And that's been the most challenging thing for me is my wife has been brutally crushing me at ping pong the last four oh my days. Gosh. And oh I get gosh. I get so mad. I don't know why I get so mad, but I'm like, you can't win again. But it's like, 
know. My, boy, my boyfriend and I have been playing a lot of backgammon. But you know what? People are discovering things and like these little simple things that backgammon's we, never, we never made time to do before. You know, it's funny. The first week of, of this, this, you know, called Rona living, my boyfriend and I were like, this is kind of amazing. Let's just pretend like we're like in a villa somewhere. And we were like cooking romantic meals and, you know, drinking wine and hanging out and having lots of sex. And just like, it was like this amazing time where we were together 24-7. And then it's sort of like, whoa, this is like marriage. Like, whoa, like now we're married. Like I haven't been out of my sweats in 53 days, babe. Like this is it. <laughs> this is like, this is like suddenly I went from dating it to being all like sexy and romantic to like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's, and Close it's the like, door when you are, go to the bathroom still. We're not there yet. I mean, people are, <laughs> yeah, people are going through so many things. We, we've also been really kind of unpacking the concept and the importance um, in our female conversations on my podcast about how to create separateness in a time where everybody's forced to be together. And that's a real life skill. That's a real challenge. Boundaries, space, like especially for us who are working at home. So w- one of the things we wanted to do with this podcast to make it a little different was first we wanted to dispel the myth that like people who are successful have it all figured out. You know, Feldy is one of the most successful <laughs> music producers of all time. You're one of the most successful people I know. I'm Thank successful you. as a breathwork teacher, but yet I had a moment in this Corona that I haven't had in 20 years where in the middle of the afternoon, I crawled into bed in my clothes in the middle of the yeah. afternoon and just, and I was just depressed and I haven't felt that in years. I don't even remember. And I was like, and I just laid there for hours and I went and I, you know, and I, I had to allow it before I could pull myself out of it, you know, and yeah. I have all the tools and the friends and the people that I can call. But the point of it, the point of it is, is like, we're, we all struggle. We're all human. And then what are you going to do about it? Like, what tools are you using? What are your tools? Like, I know you're the fitness, like superstar extraordinaire. No. And then you learn breath work for me. Like Feldy, she took my breath work training, which is incredible. And someone came to my class and I did a class in Portland and like, she brought like five women. She's like, I went to Brooks Burke's class, breathwork class. And it was life changing. And uh, yeah, she said you were amazing. Is. So thank you. So you well, I think you, I you, thank you for fitness. that. I love how vulnerable and honest you are because I, I'm all for crawling into bed in the middle of the afternoon and rolling up in a ball or crying or sitting there or, you know, just being in your own shit. Like, I think that is so important. And I had days like that too. And meanwhile, I'm kind of like the light worker. I'm sort of like an encourager and a cheerleader and I'm supposed to be super positive and I guide that and I teach that in my female retreats and I've got these lives and live streams and I'm supposed to like bring all this crazy positive energy to teach people how to sweat themselves out of their funk. And yet there's some days where, I'm in it too. And, you know, imagine being a woman too. So you got to like process the hormones. You got to process the energy. You got to take care the of four kids. Head. You got to take I care mean, of this new boyfriend. You got to like. Listen, my girlfriend said it so beautifully the other day. They're like, just do the math. You figure if everybody takes about 10, 10 or 20% of you, what the hell is left for you? So I got four kids. I'm not going to give them 20% because then I'm, I'm dead. But I got dogs, kids, like the boyfriend. He's equivalent to probably two kids. And then like, what's left for me? So what do I do? I, I do what you do too. If I feel like laying in bed and curling up into a ball and staying in my pajamas. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. But I like to know that there are certain things that I do for myself that are going to be challenging and difficult and they require discipline. But I'm on the other side of those things. 
I reset my mood and I feel better. So on days when I don't have it in me, maybe I don't feel like doing a cardio class. Maybe I'm just going to go for a walk by myself and put on some good tunes. Sometimes when we don't have movement, we don't have energy. We just stay still in a place that's, that doesn't feel good. So I like movement. Yeah. Um, I exercise to move. I exercise to sweat, to reset myself. I do it for dopamine, adrenaline, balance. Um, it's my knee time. I do it for so many reasons that are way more important than the booty. I mean, I really do it to reset myself and I make myself. Wait, it's so, not just about the booty? Hold on. Well, <laughs> you, you also, I see you, you do cold plunge or is that just a one-off t- time? I, um, Kelly does cold plunge. I do cold plunge. You or cold do. Shower. I think yeah. it's so hard. I think I, I did that to challenge myself. I did that because I hate cold water. I don't honestly even like to go into the ocean out here because it's freezing. I did it to just shock my body. Yeah. And to just, you know, rock my system. And I, I'm that way, though. Like, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie where I like to do things that scare me. I like to do things that are uncomfortable. You've got an amazing program. And I have to do breath work with you. Yeah. I want to get a different experience. I would love that. John Paul has been my only breath work teacher. I want to get a different experience now that you've trained well, I would like that. I mean, I've taken what he has taught me and his words and, you know, we're both teachers. So I always try to tell John Paul, it's such a compliment, you know, when someone can take what you do and share it, but, you know, ultimately we all try to make it our own. And for me, the most valuable part of breath work for someone who knows nothing about it is just to be still with yourself and to carve out time in your life and the chaos to just hit the pause. And even if you're just listening to an incredible playlist and you do nothing more than just lay with yourself for a little bit and hopefully stop thinking, most people don't know how to do that. And I have found in stillness, you know, that's where self-discovery happens. It's where you begin to understand the language of your own soul, your heart, whatever you believe in. Um, And it's really scary too. Like that's why this whole Corona thing is scary, not just economically and not the fear of of death and the virus, but it's stillness when people slow down. No one knows what to do. American people do not know how to slow down. Even everyone is everyone. This thing has made everyone take a moment and look at their mortality. And people don't yeah. want to do that. We don't win. Like the truth is, is that we're all going to die at some point. And that's a hard yeah. reality for most people to face. We're not all going to live our best lives. We're not all going to tap into the gratitude and love. And that's Mm-mm. one of the things you said, Brooke, that was really beautiful, which was, you know, you allowed the feelings to come in first. And then you got to, and then you go, and then you're going to go shift it. Because I think there's too many people and you know, in my field, you know, with a transformational field where it's like, oh, you got to be positive about this. Or, you know, it's called toxic positivity or uh, spiritual bypassing where you're not going to allow the feelings. You're going to jump right into positivity. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Like right, right now I'm pissed off. Right now I'm angry. Right now I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. Whatever. Let me allow that to come out and come yeah. through me. And then let me start to do something about it first. Let me first own these feelings because yeah. I don't own them. They're going to come out some other way, some other time. It's really great to meet you, Brooke. I have to go back to work. I'm okay. in the middle of this Blink-182 album. Huh? The guys just got here. That's and I was awesome. I love that. Thing, but love, lovely to meet you. And I'm for sure going to hit you up to teach me breath work. Well, I, was, I hope we get to connect. And it was great to see you too. And we'll, we'll do this again. Okay, thank you. See you, Feldy. You're welcome. Take care. You know, okay. Jamal, I think, I think it's so important what you're saying. Because one of the things that I really believe in wholeheartedly in is giving yourself permission to 
be angry, be sad, to cry, to be in a funk, to be lazy. Like everybody thinks this is the time where we have all this free time. We have to be super productive. Well, no, I, I, I don't think that's the answer. I think we have to really face our feelings and be with them and be in that space. And that's hard for people to do because of expectations, shame, and denial. They want to shift out of it. It's like a quick fix society that we live in. And I really think it's healthy to sit in painful spaces and, and to discover. I, I'm really big on that. And I invite people to feel that and not only to get uncomfortable, but, but to hurt. And it's a weird concept for a lot of people. Like people, I invite people. People will do anything, anything <laughs> to avoid the littlest bit of emotional fucking pain or, or discomfort or boredom. And listen, I'm not perfect. I'm guilty of it too. I have to admit, I was shopping like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman at part of this thing where I was like, oh my God, I need to buy this and get this. Yeah, and shop like, therapy. Everything. Yeah, I was yeah, shocked. You're, like you're like a girl. Shop therapy. Totally. I have, you know, listen, I have what uh, my friend likes to say. I have a masculine core and a feminine emotional body, yeah. which yeah. is great because it, and so does Tony Robbins. But I love right? that about you. So like I have, have this masculine core, like if I have to, if someone threatens my family, I will fuck them up. There's no question yeah. about it. Right. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. but I also am in touch with my feelings and I allow my feelings and I'm out there with my feelings. And so they have a very feminine side as well. And that, and I'm okay with that. And I think yeah. it's great. It makes me a unique multifaceted person that can connect with women, connect with men, connect whoever. Right. It's so true. I mean, showing up, I, I, it's such a showing up for people. We're really good at that. Most people are showing up for ourselves is way harder. You know, it's, yeah. it's way, way harder. And, you know, self-care, there's such a, uh, uh, people deny, you know, the worthiness of like really caring for themselves. And we just bury ourselves in taking care of everybody else, especially women and mothers. It's way easier. Especially women and mothers. You have four kids, you have dogs, you have a boyfriend. You can take care of everybody else. And then Brooke gets pushed aside. I don't know how it's going to manifest for you, but usually it's like, it starts to come out in other ways. And then eventually yeah. it could be a health issue. It could be, you yeah, just, you know, lose sure. it you know, whatever. It's usually a health issue for a lot of people because they're yeah. stopping down their feelings and they're not. And we don't, under, we don't understand that. I mean, you and I both have, you know, some autoimmune issues and that's just like a lifetime of probably not really showing up for ourselves. But, you know, it goes back to what I was trying to say before. Like I give myself permission to care for myself. Mm. I give myself permission to feel what I'm supposed to feel and face it and look at it and learn from it and accept it. And I meet myself with a tremendous amount of acceptance and, it's one thing that I, I would really like people to do more of is to give them pers themselves permission to become unraveled if they need to. Well, a lot you of know? people don't even know, like they're in such denial that they're not taking care of themselves. You know, like mm -hmm. that's why I love breath work. It's like, I didn't even know how sad I was until I laid down and breathed. And it was just such disappointment and heartbreak that like, mm -hmm. oh, like, everything is canceled and this isn't going to happen and this isn't going to happen. I know. And I've worked eight years to build up this beautiful thing where I, I have purpose and meaning and fulfillment in my life. And yeah. are we ever going to fucking breathe in a room again? Like with 50 or a hundred or 250 people? Like, is that ever going to happen? Like, I hope so. I don't know. But like, there is a real, you know, you know, question mark around it for me now. And I go, well, it's okay. amazing how fulfilling that is for you. You know, I said that to a group of my girlfriends because, you know, I really started to enjoy that gift and being able to guide breath work and 
but I also teach a class almost three days a week here in Malibu that's grown and it's sort of my commitment to my community. I didn't realize how much I received. I knew that I loved the work. I knew that I did it for more than, it's not a job. I knew that it was many things for me, but I didn't realize it until, you know, a month into this where I just, I didn't feel as fulfilled inside. And I really slowed down to look at, I went, God, I get so much out of giving and that guy, and also physical touch. I'm a very physical person. So not being able to connect physically with people. And I have kids, thank God. I, I, there was one day with my son, I was like, I can, I just, can you just hold me? I want to hold you. I just thank God for you. I just want to hug you a little bit longer than I usually hug you. And I felt so grateful to have children in my bubble of safety and I thought about people who don't, it's like, so I went through this whole process, but I realized how much people like you and I, we really thrive and get off on, on giving. It's a deeper understanding of what happens. I think that's why we do so much. I mean, I was just on the verge too of finalizing multiple deals in different locations of these day treats. And, you know, now I have this incredible digital global connection with people, which I love, but it's different than the collective energy in person that you and I get. And so you'll appreciate this. And I, this might be a little kooky for a lot of people, but I, we're, we're weird anyway, JP. We, we are, we're, we're two weird people. But I know, I know. Well, we're, we're I didn't start out that way. I mean, you're from Connecticut, right? Originally? We're kind of weird now, yeah. But I know, I it's like, it's been a journey. It's yeah. been a journey of like just trying weird shit and being like, oh, this actually makes well, me feel good. Like, yeah. And I, I started this like concept and I was going to share it with you. And then, cause I, I know you and I like have an appreciation of these little turns we take, but that all the beautiful things in life are free, right? Mm-hmm. It's breath. It's human connection, gratitude, love, and love. Gratitude, gratitude and love. And, and then all of a sudden through this time, I went human connection isn't fucking free anymore breath like i can't go to a breath work anymore because it's actually dangerous are you kidding me like human connection i used to always say like that and so all of these things like you arrive in a place where you think you've learned you have this aha moment like it's like i had this whole epiphany and then all of a sudden there was another shift so going back to what you said how do we adapt to everything that the world serves up to us i had to go you know what that's not so free anymore how do I adjust now preaching and teaching and encouraging people of what I feel and believe in and adjust to it? Because there's always going to be different things that come our way. There's always going to be changes. And I mean, you've been to my class a bunch. You've done my class. You know, it's the yeah. best version of me. It's, it's yeah. me at my best. And the room's packed with people and people line up to hug me. 250 people line up to hug me and they're sweaty and they're smelly and yeah. I don't even care. <laughs> and I'm a guy who fucking hated hugs. And then I hug all I these know. people. And when you get 200 hugs from people, there's something energetically that happens from that. Like, and they're telling me in my ear, like, you changed my life. I love you. You changed my life. And like, I just feel like, holy shit. I never even wanted to be a teacher. I I didn't want any part of teaching. Neither did I. Never wanted to be a teacher. (laughs) Never wanted to do any of that shit. Right. And somehow pulled into it. And here I am hugging these sweaty people in a church. And I pivoted and put my class online as soon as this happened. Right. 
And I know, me too. And I realized, okay, you know, I'm doing it online. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I can really focus on what I'm saying. And I'm calling people's names out in the class. I'm like, come on, Brooke, come on, Steven, let's go. How you do, you know? And I'm literally coaching people and I can see them breathing in their living rooms and their houses, or they can turn their camera off. And that, but I missed the hugs at the end. And what I, I started know. doing at the end at my class online is I play, you know, more music and I'll play like, hey, Jude or something really like that everyone can get into and everyone's kind of mm-hmm. like swaying back and forth and I'm like talking and people are saying thank you and all this and it's digital mm-hmm. it's not the same it's just not the same it's as not I, the same but, but I'm still moved I'm still moved to I tears know. I'm I still know. grateful that I get to do it and it's listen I want to be moved and I want to move other people and I it's however I got to do it right now is however we got to do know. it till we get through this shit because we're just maybe in the middle you know, with there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end to this. This is not going to be like this forever. It's not going to keep going on this way. And we humans have to have connections. I mean, I there's know. a study where there was these babies. It's such a horrible study, and I hate that I'm even fucking telling the story. But these babies, I think it was in Romania or Russia or something, and they were in an orphanage and they were not held, and they died. They sadly they died because we as humans we have to. Physically, we need that connection to live. We need right. touch and we need touch and affection and we need to be held. These babies died because they weren't held. I mean, yeah, that's, so that's how bad we need to be. And I, I'm grateful like you. I have kids. My son is like four and he still lets me pick him up and hold him. And my daughter too, she's about to turn seven. And so I'm like, thank God. I don't know. I have to tell you a story of something that happened in a breath work class that I was guiding um, during one of my female retreats. And it really made me think a lot about what we go through as women, as men, as grownups. You know, it's such a weird time too with touch, you know, this whole me too, like shift, you know, how you and I are, we always say, if anybody doesn't want to be touched, you know, let us know and blah, 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 because not everybody is comfortable with that. And there's a woman in my class really struggling and I have a little bit more freedom, you know, with time and space so I can, I can kind of tweak it. And I'm watching this woman and she's laying down and she's kind of in fetal position and I'm thinking, let me let her roll through it so I don't disrupt her process. God, I could just feel like the yearning, you know, to be held. And it's not like a woman can just go to you and wrap herself around you or a man nowadays. And it was just calling to me. And so I did. And I laid down next to her and we both got, we're kind of in spooning position. I gently, just to feel it out, put my arm around her and she grabbed onto my hand and she just became unraveled. And another woman from class came over to me behind me and laid down it was one of the most beautiful moments. And I personally also felt that it was so important and it was so meaningful. And it's come up a lot in future breath work classes that need, because you get it as a child and then you grow up and you leave and it stops. And your next intimate hold like that is usually in, an in a loving, essential relationship, which is completely different. Yeah. completely fucking different. Yeah. And it just it made me think of that when you talked about the children. I think it's valuable for everyone at every age. Very difficult to receive. Yeah. Um, and when you can be seen and touched and heard that way, it's very womb-like. It's very paternal. It's very, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, and we, don't, we don't get that as grown-ups. And I think that's very sad. Yeah, we don't, we don't get it. And we don't know how to give it to ourselves. 
you know, part of loving yourself is showing up, like I always say, and doing the hard work, doing the breath work, doing the hard work, but also just learning like to stop beating yourself up because every one of us yeah. is making mistakes and we're going to make a yeah. million more mistakes. And when are you going to stop beating yourself up? And that story was so beautiful. I'm so glad you shared that with me. You know, it was deep. It was deep. JP. So it was deep. Like- I can see it. You know, here, I, when my daughter was a baby, we got some sort of DVD or video that we watched where this woman had figured out that different cries mean different things. And she could mm-hmm. teach you that what well, this cry means the baby's hungry. This cry need, means the baby needs to be changed. This cry means the baby's gassy and needs to be burped. And we, could dif- we started to differentiate the cries of my daughter and figure out like what she actually needed, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Now I've gotten to the place as a breathwork teacher where I can hear in the room like, the loss of someone's life, like somebody died and they're grieving. I heard a woman in one of my trainings like that. That woman wasn't held when she was a baby. I I felt it and I felt it in my soul. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said something, and she was like, "Yeah." Like in in you know, and it was just so heartbreaking to me. And and this person over here is you know grieving you know anger or this or that. It's like I you know they've been holding on to this or disappointment or heartbreak, right? Relationship heartbreak. I can hear it. We are born with intuition. Animals have intuition. Animals can yeah. sense when the earth is going to be an earthquake, right? Right. We all have it, but we tune it out. We learn to tune it out. Oh, don't listen to that. Let me listen to this thing in my head. It's actually a scientific thing. It's not, it's not a woo-woo, new-agey thing. It's a scientific thing. When you can sense like some dangerous nearby, you know, this person's a little dangerous. Something's off with this guy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, let me get this person. I teach here. my children to listen to that feeling, mm-hmm. that voice, that sense, dial into we it. We are animals at our, at our base. Yeah. We are an animal, just like an animal, a dog can hear things. We can feel things. We can sense things. And so yeah. people need to start listening to their intuition again. I agree. And, and I'm dialed into that. I mean, most of my decisions, you know, come from my guests. I'm from my gut. I mean, I make yeah. very responsible decisions, but for me, that's, that's my truth. And, and, and it's all knowing. And I, I agree. I mean, I, I raise my children that way to pay attention to those signs. There are yeah. so many little signs. You know? Yeah, A business deal might sound great. Oh, there's a lot of money on the table and this person's this and that. But then when you start to like, let me tune into here. Let me, and it's always right here in this solar plex area, your gut, right? Solar plex somewhere around there. Let me tune into this and see how I feel about this deal. Oh, something doesn't feel good about this. Something feels off. You know, and if we, if we listen to that more, it, it just would guide us. It would be such a better yeah, guide. I agree. You know, there's a couple of bodies of, of, of work that you read. And when you talk about the fact, the real, real deep truth, and that it doesn't matter what other people say about you, it matters what you say about you. And so I do a lot of encouraging about inner dialogue and self-compassion and the things that we say to ourselves and the words that we choose and how difficult, how critical we are and how we criticize ourselves so much. And the older we get, the louder it gets and learning how to just shift that to reset that. And you really can retrain your brain to have a positive dialogue with yourself. And it becomes a habit. Even if you start with one thing, especially women, like start with one kind thing about yourself and say that and it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I end most of my exercise classes with that and it makes people extremely uncomfortable and I say it's private no one can hear you I want you to give yourself a personal compliment I can see people start sweating and it's not just the workout it's so difficult for people to just surrender to giving themselves something positive to simmer it's like bananas 
My hardest thing lately, to be honest, has been my, my kids, my daughter, really. I've watched her sort of be hard on herself like that and say, mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. I'm not good. I'm bad. And like be so hard on herself and she's crying. And I'm like, oh my God, my heart just fucking breaks in two. My yeah. son doesn't have that. My son is like, I'm the best. He's, even when he's telling <laughs> me, he's like, I'm the best at this. I'm the best at everything. I'm the best. Ha ha ha. And he'll yeah. lose and he'll still be like, I'm the best. But so I've really been focused on my daughter and trying to teach her and last night was a moment you know where she we were playing ping pong too right so i'm trying to teach her ping pong and she had a meltdown and i'm terrible and stormed out and went in her room and i've been teaching her how to self-regulate and telling her that like pete listen if you can learn how to regulate your emotions oh my gosh a child could learn that right and i said listen it's about the breath if you can start because when you have when you feel anger when you feel sad when you feel this you breathe a certain way so if you can change your breath you can change the emotion. If you can change the emotion, you can change your life. Change your breath. That's change right. Your life. So she literally went in the room. This is the first time she's done it. And she regulated her emotions, I guess. She came back out and she goes, you know what, dad? I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be a ping pong champion. She came out and she had the confidence and she was like, I'm determined. And she is the most determined. Like I had put a rope up in the garage when she was like four years old, she couldn't climb it. And she was so mad and so hard on herself. And she just worked this rope every day until she could climb to the top of the ceiling of the garage. I love that. It's, re- it's really fascinating because even like my raising three daughters, like dads sometimes just want to tap into it. You know, what's going on and let's talk about it and let me fix it. And I was dating a guy and it was probably the first time somebody has asked me to do that. And he would say, I want to know more about that. Tell me more about that. It was like, whoa, you do? Oh, wait, why not? Oh, you don't need to feel that way. Oh, that's yeah. not. No, it was just like, tell me. I want to know more about that. Tell me about that. So you and feel then hurt. suddenly you feel hurt and you also start to think, well, let me talk. Let me find out more about that myself. It's, a, it's an incredible way of expression. It just opens up some possibilities of self-discovery. And I think that's what all this is about. I literally will say to my wife, when she starts talking about something, is this one of these things that I, am I supposed to fix this or am I just supposed to listen? Tell me. (laughs) You're such a guy. You're You're just supposed to listen. I go, okay, I'm I'm listening. Here I am. It's our natural, it's our biological makeup to fix things, right? It is. It is. She doesn't want me to fix it. She just wants me it to is. listen. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's fucking painful. It's really hard. <laughs> I want to fix I want to fix it. I want to fix it. No. And here's the thing. No. I'm I'm actually I have the tools. Like I'm the guy who you, can fix it. Like I have so the funny. tools. And so I let me that, fix man. this, but that's not what she wants. Yeah, and I had to back that up even further with my daughter early on cuz she would get upset and I would go in there and try and talk to her. And then I learned from this, it was an amazing book. It was called The Whole Brain Child. And I learned that she doesn't, mm-hmm. she, doesn't want, she needs to be felt. And that's yeah. all I would do, scratch her the back. And I'm like, daddy's mm-hmm. just here. And I'm just scratching her back. And then when she would literally calm down, her meltdown would calm down, scratch her back, her meltdown would calm down. And then I go, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. What's going on? How, and, and how does that make you feel? Yeah. But you know what? There's some kids and there's some partners that want you to be the fix it guy. So it's like, we just have to learn 
who we are spending our time with, who they are, what their style is, what they need. It's not our responsibility to give it to them. But yeah. I think really understanding how to speak the different languages to people and there's five different love languages. You respond to certain things and your partner, no matter how wonderful they think they are, if they're not giving you what you need that speaks to your language, you're never going to feel heard or loved. So there's real truth to that. But there's another one that's called your erotic blueprint. Let, yeah, yeah, That's more of like, you know, you do the survey and it helps you define what your sexual language is. It's fascinating because you can be in, a, in an intimate, in a sexual relationship with someone who has a completely different needs. So you can learn to accept the differences, define boundaries, how to speak someone's language, how to teach them how to speak yours. The greatest lesson that I learned from both of those concepts, it's ever changing. Just because you have one love language right now and you think you've figured out who you are, hopefully yeah. We are all growing as human beings. It might be touched today and it might be an act of service six months, next month. So we have a responsibility to communicate in life with our children, our loved ones, our partners, and also to allow ourselves room to grow and to change. At different phases, different seasons of our life, we share. Yeah. And we have to give ourselves room and permission to do that. And it's evergreen, you know? And, and, and I think I know what my erotic love language is. I, I think it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right now is great. I know. That- it's called The Erotic Blueprint. It's so interesting. And it's actually an online. There isn't a book that was published. We just did a podcast on it. But just type up Erotic Blueprint online. It's, it's pretty interesting. And then, you know, you need freedom to be cool with where you are right now and then freedom to change. You know, one of the struggles that I had, and I can remember after our our last teacher training with you in breath work, I made a commitment to myself to do breath work every day and I failed. I was okay in that because I I accept the realities of, I'm okay with failure, by the way. I'm okay with failure and fitness. You probably, because of that commitment, you probably did way more breath work than you would have had you not. I did. I say failure in a a reality way, but I I agree. I I think that I, I, what I mean is I accepted that process. But one of the things that I really, really appreciate with this new norm, the pace of moving slower and of stillness for me in the morning has been the most precious part of this challenging time because normally it's up and out the door. It's soccer on the weekends. I'm driving at school. Tell me about your morning Corona routine because I have one that I started right before this started and it's been a game changer for me. So let's hear hear yours. For me, I will um, wake up early sometimes if my sleep is disrupted and I will lay there Wait, what's what's early? Because I got up at four thirty. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be for some weird reason. I wake up at six, or even in the middle of the night. I don't usually, but let's just say I wake up at six, or I have nothing to do. I don't have to be anywhere at nine. So I'm just saying, if I if I was allowed eight or nine hours of sleep, my body sometimes just wakes up. So I will lay in my bed in stillness. I'll pray or I'll chant my gratitude, which I spend a lot of time doing that right now. I'll just go through, you know, my own personal phases of gratitude. But in the wee hours of the morning, I've been listening to all the sounds of nature outside Mm. and birds and things that have always been there that I never slowed down long enough to listen to. Oftentimes I'll drift back into a deep sleep and I'll get REM sleep at like for like an hour and a half in the morning, which is crazy. Sometimes I will play part of my own personal breath work playlist and I'll lay there and maybe it's seven or 10 minutes of breath work, but I'll go through a process of a peaceful journey that I've created on shorter playlists 
And sometimes I'll listen to um, an act of meditation, you know, words that make me feel good. But I'm able to lay there with myself and create this space. And, and, and essentially what you're doing is you're grounding, right? You're getting grounded in, and that's been a, that's the game changer is like, just not, instead of just getting up and running into the shower and drinking the coffee and getting out the door, cause we've got this thing and, this, and you're not and your whole day is like, you're kind of go, 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 go behind the eight ball. Totally. But instead, if you get up early, just a little bit earlier and you do some breath work, whether it's seven minutes or 10 minutes, or you do some meditation or you do, you connect to yourself and your body and your breath and you get grounded. Then the rest of the day you come, you operate from a different place. You're operating from a different standpoint, right? It's just, and I'm connecting to stillness and it's just that simple. Yeah. I'm connecting to silence and stillness. And then that's who you are though. You're, you're carrying that stillness into that talk, that first meeting with your kids in the morning and that first, I'm bringing a calm. I'm yeah. really bringing a calm and my life is chaotic and I yeah. do pretty well in chaos. So I'm managing it, but this is a different pace of the day. Yeah. And I'm, I want to hold on to this as long as possible. And I know life is going to go back to normal, but moments of stillness are the only way to take a look at what's going on for me. Yeah. It's the only, it's the only possible way. Yeah. Moments of stillness, the value of stillness. I love that you said that. I mean, it is so valuable. I would have never thought like you get so much from nothing, from just sitting from nothing. nothing. It's like, I'm thinking you got to work, you got to do this, you got to make the next move, you got to, you know, whatever. And you know what I have to do? I have to just sit here, take a breath listen to you, connect to you, be your friend. Like, it's so great to see you. Like, this is going to be too. like the highlight of my week. <laughs> and, like, getting to see that smile and that laugh and the whole thing. And it's like, it's so beautiful. And uh, I was having something bothered me this morning and it was the financial thing. And it was a bummer. You know, I lost a ton of money and it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the only one, but it was the situation was making me angry. And I did this thing that it's it's a Kundalini thing called fist of anger. And it's a Mm -hmm. breathing, it's a breathing technique where you're like arms overhead like this, you're swinging your arms overhead, like doing the stroke. (laughs) And I started to think about the thing and you're supposed to like clear it out. And then I started to think about, you know, certain, you know, politicians. And I was like, you know, and it just, and then afterwards, I felt better and then I put on my own gratitude affirmation mm-hmm. track and I was listening to myself talk about what I'm grateful for. And for me, gratitude is saying thank you, right? So thank you for yeah. my breath. Thank you for yeah. my eyes. Thank you for my heart. Thank you for thank you for friendship. Thank you for mm-hmm. emotion. You know, thank you for stillness, right? And just saying thank you for what yeah. I have right now. Yeah. Instead of being caught up in what's not happening and what I'm missing and what I lost and all this bullshit. We have so much. And I think that people are so caught up right now in the fear and the loss and loved ones and the struggle and work and what if, and fear is such a real thing. And it's what we appreciate appreciates. Mm, so if we I can get into that habit. Well, it's true. I mean, it's like sweat equity, right? It's a personal investment. It's just fucking yeah. real. I've been so stressed about this difficult conversation that I needed to have where now I can go into it and, and listen and just find a way that, that feels good. And if people would meet people in that freedom, 
in just a what's going on here let's let's kind of unpack this and let's work work through this yeah so that's that's the key i mean listen if you want to have a good business relationship you got to have good communication if you want to have a good romantic relationship you got to have good communication if you want to have good sex you got to have good communication by the way that is the most important I mean, we could have talked about sex this whole time. Listen to my yeah. podcast. It's all about, it's a show about sex, but because also breathing with each other, that's a whole other thing, but. Oh, that is a thing. Oh, come on. It's tantra. But, but, but communication, talking, having the, the, the confidence and being brave enough to ask questions, work, life, love, sex, kids, all of it. You know, it's just fascinating, isn't it? When you, yeah. when you're connected with yourself and when you're just open to, to dialogue in or well, and out. When you're looking inward, you can be like, is this really about them or is this about me? Ultimately, it's all our own shit, right? Like, we're, yeah, and we're just yeah. re- re- reflecting it off yeah. of each other, right? My ex girlfriend. And what I just said, ago, it sounded like I was blaming him. I didn't mean that. I mean, it's being able to just like sort of recognize what is. And no. I do that to myself too. Like, that is all about me. That had nothing to do with you. My I'm not taking that. My ex girlfriend, we used to fight all the time. And she'd go, Well, we're just mirror images, right? And so, like, then we'd have a fight. And I go, That's your shit, mirror image, mirror image. Like, a, <laughs> like a, it became like a running joke. Like, every time she'd say something that she didn't like that I didn't totally. like her images totally <laughs> totally it's funny I have one funny line too that I use with my boyfriend and we laugh because it is funny when you just stop taking it all so seriously he'll be like well what do you think like what what do you give me like we have this like one to ten like right now I go what do you think what do you give yourself <laughs> it sounds like a teacher <laughs> but it's almost like well what, what what do you think how do you think you handle that but you turn yeah, that around the someone way to turn and it you're back. like yeah, you're like, whoa, are you, that's a little parental, but okay, let me think about how I, how I handled that. Probably not so great. Yeah. <laughs> let me yeah. own that shit, you know? Listen, I, I want to thank you so much for doing this today. You're amazing. My pleasure. You know, I'm easy to find and I, I, I feel so blessed to be able to do the kind of work that you've helped me learn and to be able to collect, collect, connect with, collect, connect with women around the world, you know, digitally and whether yeah. it's physical or emotional type of work, that community really matters right now, especially where we are. Community connection really, really matters. And I just want to keep doing this kind of work, you know, whether you we, are going to keep doing you know. it and you're tr- and listen, I already knew when you took my course, when you took my teacher training, that you were going to be a powerhouse in breath work because you Thank have, you. you have such a powerful energy and women love you and respect you and listen to you. And that's what it takes to get to gain trust, to get people to go through their, to yeah. push through their uncomfortable stuff. Like totally it's real. It's, it's undeniable. undeniable. It's undeniable work. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that people don't even, aren't even conscious of the power of breath. You yeah. need to reset your mood, take three minutes and go breathe. Yeah. You know, you, you feel nervous, you have anxiety, you feel stuck, you take a breath in your lower, like breathe. Yeah. You're so squeezing I, I a baby, which is the most painful thing you can do. Breathe. breathe. Like that's the I, thing. I mean, all of it. Has your, has your man, has your new BF, uh, has he done it yet? He, he will. He will. He, need, he okay. needs it. We all need it. He needs it if he's going to be my man, for sure. Yeah, listen, I won't, <laughs> even, I won't work with anybody until I see them breathe. Totally. Okay. Totally. I, totally. That tells that. me everything I need to know right there. So Exactly. All right. I'm going to see you guys in my class Sunday morning. Now. Yes. I'll see you Sunday. Thank you for so sure, much for sure. coming on today. Much love. I'm blowing you kisses. I'm blowing you digital kisses. All right. Well, Bye, bro. Bye-bye.
y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.